you don't mess with my daughter. Now she's been vegan since she was two. My son's been vegan since birth. And then I've got my little baby who's been vegan since birth too. My son, you hand him any food. He's any food. He's going to ask you, is this vegan? Welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show with your host, Jerry Saber. Hello, this is Jerry Saver, and you're listening to the Plan-Based Entrepreneur Show, the podcast about all things new and existing in the plan-based industry, which means anything from food to fashion and media. Now, I told you before that vegan personality and lifestyle brands was something that we would definitely be exploring here. And today I have a guest that I have actually been following for a while, Corey Warren, aka the Lean Green Dad. He's a fellow vegan podcaster, but Today, we're going to turn the tables on him and have him tell us about the brand that he's built around vegan lifestyle, sports, and parenting. So, Corey, welcome to the show. Hey, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on because like I told you, you've been in my podcast feed for a while. I actually found your show when the plant-based entrepreneur was just an idea rolling around my head. And I was kind of compiling a list of potential guests. And, you know, I also told you that I put your name down. And then a few weeks after my show launched, you actually got in touch first. So I don't know if you believe in synchronicity and law of attraction. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad you did reach out. And I'm really happy you're here so we can talk about your approach. I'm honored, man. I'm honored. It's a great show. And uh, I loved it. I've loved it so far. And uh, yeah, I, I saw in a I forget what group it was, but there was a plant based group on Facebook that mentioned your podcast. And I was like, I got to check this out. And then I found it. And here we are. So okay, the rest okay. is history. I, I have to explore that because I have to say I haven't been active on Facebook at all. I've been building this on Twitter mostly. So cool. fa- Facebook is phase two that is coming in the next couple weeks. But awesome. it's it's nice to see that um, it's going out there organically already. For sure, for sure. Uh, look, anyway, man, you've been on this path for a long time now. And I know some of your personal background story and your listeners probably know it too. But for anyone who doesn't know it yet, what did you do before your switch to a vegan diet and before you became the Lean Green Dad? Yeah, well, you know, when we first started out, I guess, uh, on this journey, it was it was because of my wife's uh, diagnosis in 2006. She was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is a bowel disorder. And my wife's name is Jen. So, you know, when Jen was diagnosed, there wasn't a lot of resources out there, information out there at all. They just give you this diagnosis and they tell you you have to take medication the rest of your life. And there's something about that that just didn't work for us. Um, There's no way that you're going to just say, we don't know how you got this disease. We don't know what triggered it. Uh, It could be this. It could be this. We have no idea, but we're just going to throw this medication at it and see if it fixes it. We're not even sure if it's going to fix it, but we're going to give it a shot, right? And so when we got that news, we were like, okay, we got to do something about this. So we started a local support group that actually we still run for people that are newly diagnosed with these diseases. And then we started doing a lot of reading. Uh, that reading eventually brought us to Forks Over Knives, that all worldwide popular documentary, of course. And uh, that got us thinking even more about the food we put in our body and if that could affect uh, how she felt. So we changed our diet completely. 
uh, over, I'd say the course of a, a year or so, we, you know, we started off eating less meat and then we transitioned away from, um, you know, highly over-processed foods with ingredients we couldn't uh, pronounce. And then we got rid of the, the oils and did less oils and, and finally made our way to a whole food plant-based diet, which, you know, in my opinion is like the best way that you could eat. Um, but you know, now here we are, we've got three kids, uh, all of them are eating a plant-based diet. Uh, we transitioned to a plant-based diet when my daughter was about two years old. Uh, so it's been about six years. We've been, a uh, 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 fully vegan, whole food, plant-based, uh, family. And that's the way we eat most of the time. And, uh, if I, before lean green dad, I was always very health conscious. I always enjoyed working out. I always enjoyed being physically fit. And, uh, so, um, the, the fitness part of it wasn't really a, a huge transition. It was more the way that I fueled my body for those fitness events. Yeah. Yeah. I see. But what, what's your professional background? Actually, do you have any nutritionist experience or was this something that you just picked up as you went along? Yeah. The, the biggest certification I have is being a dad. <laughs> That's a big no, one. No, I, I, I will be a, uh, I will be a certified uh, personal trainer coming up here at the end of 2016, and then starting in 2017, I'll start seeing clients. But um, after that, I plan to go to the uh, nutrition and plant-based studies course uh, with E. Cornell mm -hmm. with Dr. Colin Campbell, and and taking that. So um, th those will be my my two certifications that I go into. My professional career prior to all of this was. Uh, entertainment, the entertainment industry, believe it or not. I uh, have a degree in performance uh, from University of Central Florida. And that's where my wife and I met, you know, performing in college plays and shows. And at the same time, I would do stage management and uh, entertainment production management and stuff like that. Ended up finding my way to Walt Disney World, uh, did a couple shows on Broadway as a production assistant, and then uh, Universal Orlando. A um, couple other nonprofits where I was a fundraising director, uh, certified events professional, and then, of course, uh, here I am as the Lean Green Dad. And uh, it really just spawned from wanting to be a healthy father, uh, a, a good role model for my kids, and a, and a positive influence in, in the plant-based community. Okay, yeah. So I see that your um, podcasting persona, that definitely did build on, on the experience that, that you gathered and... Uh in your previous career then that's cool for sure yeah every every this this fulfills my creative outlet right when i'm able to do the podcast i yeah. get to be uh kind of on stage as it were i mean it's it's harder though when you're doing a podcast because it's your it's yourself you're yourself you're not a character you're not hiding behind anything else and it's funny if you go back to like podcast one through five of Lean Green Dad. Uh, I, I was under a different brand name, which we'll talk about soon. But I have like this radio voice, right? I'm like, this is the Lean Green Dad radio. You know, I'm like doing this fancy voice. And my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about, babe? She's like, what are you doing with that voice? You sound ridiculous. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I do. So uh, I think it was like, 15 episodes in before I found my real voice and started talking, you know, the way that I'm talking to you now, which is my real voice. Well, uh, since 
the plant-based entrepreneur show is just now coming up to episode seven i'm not even gonna go back and review what my voice sounds like on these first <laughs> episodes I, I think i might be doing it a little bit as well but i hope that i'm getting to the point where where it is my real voice at least most of the time oh, man come on you sound great you sound great you're doing an awesome job you keep it up <laughs> cool thanks so what did you think about the vegetarian or vegan lifestyle when you were growing up I, honestly, I didn't know very much about it. I knew that vegetarians were people that didn't eat meat. And I knew that, um, gosh, you know, that, that people ate a certain way and they chose to eat a certain way. I'd, I'd say the biggest impact on me that I was like, whoa, this is a, this is a pretty big deal was, uh, one of my, my friends and, uh, I guess role models, as you could say, Anthony Rapp. Are you familiar with Anthony Rapp? He was in uh in rent on broadway and he was in rent the movie and uh he's in a couple other movies a beautiful mind and several other things he's a very famous stage actor but um you know i i went to lunch with him one day and he ordered everything vegetarian and i kind of was like okay this is this is uh, a a thing here and so <laughs> i asked him a little bit about it um you know and it's interesting whenever people go to a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle i mean it can be for one, it's usually one of three reasons, right? It's usually a, a health thing, uh, an emergency health situation like ours where we had ulcerative colitis and she needed to, you know, get that fixed uh, or a heart condition or something like that. Uh, or it could be for the animals, you know, you could care very much about uh, what happens in factory farms and the, the way that our animal friends are treated. Or it could be a, a carbon footprint, you know, um, type of thing where you care about the planet and you know that. Uh, you know, livestock and meat are, you know, one of the top uh, reasons that the, the greenhouse gas emissions and everything else are, are tearing our planet apart and, and make that change. So whatever reason you choose, and again, this is me like finding out about this uh, and, and learning more about it, whatever reason you choose, it's all a win-win situation or a win-win-win, I guess you could say. Win-win-win <laughs> win is probably the, probably the best <laughs> yeah, way to describe it. But yeah. Um, yeah, just like you said, some people go in for, for the health, some people go in for, for the animals, some people go in for the environment. I think when you're kind of when even when you go in just for one reason, the other two reasons will come in at some point and then it just mm -hmm. solidifies the, the resolve. Like, yeah, for, you can't stop it. Once you learn the information, it's like, I don't know if you can go back. <laughs> yeah, because like for us, my, my wife definitely went in for, for the animals and she made the switch like overnight she was vegetarian before but then she watched a couple of movies and it was just from one day to the other that that's it she's going vegan and i wow. kind of tagged along because i wanted to see how it was going to make me feel mm -hmm. so my, my reasons were a lot more kind of selfish at the beginning because i was just like okay, okay what's it going to do to my health what's it going to do to my just performance in general but like I said, then once you start realizing what it involves, it just kind of becomes this bigger thing, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's true. It's great. I, I love it. I love the way I feel. I mean, I was training for the Ironman triathlon at the time. And, um, you know, I was I was transitioning to this lifestyle. And I immediately noticed a difference in my recovery time in uh, the just the results I was getting on the bike, especially. And um just just feeling better you just feel lighter you feel healthier you have more energy just it really worked for us so um you know i don't i i, I like to say that uh it might not be for everyone um 
but uh, once you make that decision to to incorporate more fruits, veggies, uh, whole grains, nuts and seeds into your life, uh, things are going to be looking up. Uh, they will be. And you know, that thing that you just mentioned, the, the triathlons, um, that's another thing that I really wanted to ask you about because you're an endurance athlete. You've obviously been doing this for a while, even before you were vegan. Um, but did you have any concerns about it in, in regards to, to your performance? Like, Because you know that in, in sports, there are a lot of misconceptions about what the plant-based diet might do to to your results yeah well i mean um dave scott who is one of the winningest uh iron men of all time he's vegan and um that that was something that was like okay you know forget it whatever uh if he can do it i can do it and um then you look at people like rip esselstyn from the engine 2 diet and the forks over knives documentary i mean he was a champion triathlete and uh, a firefighter and you know he was he was fine um the the main things you have to look out for when you're training at an, at a, an elite level like that constantly three hours a day or whatever is your hydration and i guess you're you know you're always considered about protein when you're breaking down the muscles and stuff like that on a frequent basis but um so as long as you're getting those things which you totally can from a plant-based diet uh, then you should be fine. Really, the only thing you can't get is a B12. So you just supplement with a B12 and you should be fine. Um, I, in addition to um, eating, you know, just this plant-based diet while I was training, I would uh, supplement with some uh, totally all-natural things like ashwagandha, um, maybe some extra vitamin D sometimes just to make sure that my immune system was staying strong. But again, that was me training three hours a day with a heart rate, elevated heart rate of like 150, 155, you know, consistently for three hours. I mean, that's ridiculous. So um, it, as long as I was monitoring that type of stuff, then it, it's really not a problem. Um, it, it was wonderful. I didn't have any concerns when I when I started off. So no, no fear as far as that goes. That's cool. And and your results actually improved when, when you change your diet. Yeah, the results... Yeah, the results were great. I know during I did the half Ironman and the full Ironman in the same year back in 2012. And uh, during the half, I was kind of transitioning. And during the full, I had already gone through everything. And uh, I had just felt felt great as far as the way I was eating and what I was eating. Uh, the night before, I fueled up on, you know, greens and I forget what else I ate pre-race. But uh, I fueled myself the entire 16 hours. I did this race, 16-hour race. I fueled myself with a uh, a vegan uh, energy gel uh, made by Vega, who's now mm -hmm. one of my sponsors, ironically enough. And, uh, you know, that that kept me alive the entire time. And it was, you know, carbs and magnesium and potassium and protein all in one shot. And so I didn't want to eat a lot of food while I was on the course. And it really came in handy. So that's that's how I survived on, the, on a vegan diet <laughs> during the race. Yeah, I have some personal experience with, well, Secondhand personal experience, I would say, because I've never attempted a triathlon because I'm an absolutely lousy runner. That's something that's still ahead in the future for me, learning how to actually run. But awesome. my, my wife has done two half, half iron triathlons. And the amazing thing is she did her first one about two and a half years after she had broken her ankle in a way that wow. the doctors told her, you know, you would you'll probably be limping for the rest of your life and forget about running and walking on uneven terrain. Wow. And, Unbelievable. And 
there's this really scenic um, triathlon here in, in Wanaka where we still live for the next couple of weeks anyway. It's part of the challenge family and she was just totally in love with that. She found out about it before we even moved down to New Zealand. And then three months after we arrived, she broke her ankle. And oh, she was on. devastated. And that was the thing that was just keeping her going through the recovery. The idea that she would actually go go and do it. Yeah. And the diet that definitely played such a huge part of her actually being able to to go out and she learned how to swim basically she well she was a swim she did know how to swim but she couldn't do like freestyle for more than 20 yards yeah she learned how to swim she got a bike she got on the bike she actually ran it and then next year so this year 2016 she went and she did it again and same amazing thing. Whole food. Yeah, your wife's a star. Diet. That's for sure. She's got a great, you know, blog out there, and everything she does is just incredible. I've I've seen some of her work. So yeah, kudos to her. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's one of my huge sources of inspiration, and like I like to say that I'm I'm one of her success stories. Definitely. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm sure she'd be proud of that too. Oh, now the tagline for your podcast, Lean Green Dad Radio, is fuel for families. Um, when did you decide that this is the direction that you want to take or even that this is the space that you want to build a brand in? Yeah, fuel for families. Um, that's always something that I I liked. I, I came up with that when I was walking down the street with one of my coworkers uh, at the Garden Theater where I used to work uh, here locally. But um, it, I needed something that would speak to my audience, uh, and you know, when you think of who your audience is, you, you have to see who's following you and understand. And, you know, I have a lot of moms that follow me. Um, I'd say it's about 60, 40, 60% moms and 40%, um, men, you know, women and men. And, um, the, the, the truly busy parent, the parent that stops by McDonald's, uh, or some other fast food restaurant on the way home, because, they're just too tired. They're exhausted and they don't think they have enough time or the effort or the energy to make dinner at home. Uh, that's who I wanted to speak to because so many people in my space, in this plant-based world, in the, in the vegan diet world, there's so many wonderful recipes out there, but they take a little bit too long to make sometimes. So some of them might take 60 minutes. They might take 30 minutes. There might be some prep time, you know, that you need to have. And I know me personally, I do not have the time to take all of that time to prep. Um, I need to get home, you know, as an example, I get home from work. Uh, I've got to pick up the kids from school, get them to their activities. My son does mixed martial arts. My daughter does dance. And then we have a baby who's at daycare. So I take them to their respective places, pick up the baby, go back and pick them up and then come home. It's about seven o'clock and they go to bed at eight, eight thirty. So I've got to have something in about 15 minutes. I've got a baby screaming at me. I've got a daughter who needs to do her homework and is uh, having trouble focusing. And then I've got my son who's just, you know, daddy, I'm hungry. What can I eat? Can I have a snack? You know, can I have a snack? And then what, ruin his dinner or something. So the meals that I make, they're not, they're not like this brilliant culinary art piece, uh, but they are incredibly nutritious, nutritious. They are whole foods, plant-based, and uh, they're fun, and they're things that kids will actually eat. So 
whenever I put a recipe up, I'm not trying to break the mold for culinary excellence. Uh, I'm just trying to help busy parents who are just like me um, get a healthy, happy meal that covers the four areas uh, that I always talk about. Uh, you know, you got your fruits, your whole grains, your prote- proteins, and your vegetables. And as long as you think of each plate with those four things, you should be fine. And uh, that's what we try to do with every meal that we have. Uh, you know, sometimes we might miss a couple, but again, we're, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're trying to do the best we can. And, uh, and that's what we do here in, in, uh, in the Lean Green family. <laughs> okay, so, so was this kind of like the, the original idea that spawned everything, having a sort of a recipe block for, for busy families so they could eat healthier? Yeah, I think it's it. You know, I call it a lifestyle blog because uh, the topics are all about food, family, and fun, right? So we have we have posts, just wonderful posts from my wife. Uh, she might talk about you know being married or things from the female perspective, which always just performs so well on the website. Uh, people just really resonate with her. And then um, you've got my quick meals, of course. But then I also talk about some things from the dad perspective. Um, we've got podcasts with the celebrities that come on. Um, but you know, the, the whole original idea for this whole thing started back when, um, my daughter gave me that nickname of iron dad, right? So I was doing these, uh, triathlons and stuff and iron man and stuff. And so my daughter called me iron dad. And that was the first name that I came out with when I originally started Mm -hmm. my blog was, uh, iron dad. And I called myself the real iron dad. But uh, I decided to change the name after uh, a couple different things, which I'm sure when you're ready, we'll be I'll be happy to talk about that. But uh, yeah, it's really worked out really well. But I'd say the whole starting point was my daughter coming up with that that original first name. But that's cool. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> just just looking at it from a business standpoint, children are pretty common, right? I'm, I mean, a lot of people have them. Uh, we don't have yeah. any. It, but um, going for that intersection of the vegan space and family space seems like a really good space and step to me, because one thing's for sure, man, the way you are and what you do, that that there is parenting done right. No, oh, from, well, from my you. limited you know, experience, I mean, I'm just a dad. You know, I'm just a dad who wants the best for his family, and uh, I try to lead by example, right? Um, I'm not trying to tell people that I'm perfect. I'm the perfect dad, and and stuff like that. Um. You'll see in my posts, I mean, you know, there was a time where I would just yell at my kids and I needed to stop doing that. And it all comes from my father. And, uh, you know, there's a huge blog post about that. You know, my dad would yell at me and then I kind of like inherited that thinking that's the way that you communicate to your kids. And that's just not right. So, you know, you're constantly learning and changing and trying to be a better version of yourself every day. And uh, when people see my videos or see what I'm doing I am always happy. I'll tell you that. I'm always happy and I'm always positive and that's on purpose because I don't want my social channels to be a diary in the sense that um, you're seeing, I don't know, you're, you're where, where I'm just complaining about things or I'm upset and I'm just bashing other people and stuff like that. I mean, you'll never find anything like that on my page and especially like oh, right now politics is so huge in the US, right? But I I have not posted one political status update on anything because it's surrounded with so much negativity right now. I'm going to vote and I think it's important to vote, but holy cow, I just can't deal with the negativity on social media. So I hope that when people come to my page and they see my stuff that 
they feel included, they feel welcomed, and um, they don't feel judged. Uh, I hope that people that eat meat come to my page and check it out and and look at it. Even if they decide that a 100% vegan lifestyle isn't for them, I hope that they'll incorporate more plants and and uh, fruits and veggies into their lifestyle because I guarantee you that the more you start to do that and the more you learn about it, all those other things that you think that you want or you think that you need, you'll learn that you don't. And uh, if I can get people interested that way, then I am doing my job as a, as a plant-based ambassador for this movement. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think the way that you're doing it, it's like you just said that you're purposefully keeping things positive, but just going through through all your posts and not just the ones that you write, but the ones that your wife writes as well, you're really keeping it real. You know, it doesn't come across as super polished as someone who's just putting out his best face and keeping everything else under wraps. It feels like there's a real person there that's sharing their triumphs and their positive sides, but also, just like you said, you know, yelling at your kids and the problems that you are facing and, and overcoming. And I think that's what also attracts the, the audience to to see that they can connect with someone who's just as human as, as they are. Oh, thanks, Jerry. Yeah, I mean, we're all in this together. We got to help each other out. And if me explaining an experience that happened in my house uh, helps someone feel like they're not alone, then I'm happy to do it. Yeah, well, I, I think it's great that you're sharing it with others. But still, what, as I said before, from a business standpoint, what would you say is the potential for vegan business in the parenting market? I guess that's yet yet to be determined. Um, you know, uh, I haven't done a lot of analysis on that type of thing, and I didn't choose my audience based on uh, in-depth analysis. I really just choose my audience based on um, what's working. And as I post things, I can see which things are more popular than others, and I gravitate towards those subjects and that type of content. You know, for instance, I know that uh, my audience is on Facebook, and uh, so that is my number one social driver for all of my web traffic. Uh, number two is Twitter, and then um, what is number three? Instagram. So Instagram, those three things are very, very important to me. And um, you know, as long as I know where my audience is and I continue to speak to them and it continues to resonate and I see people wanting more and asking more, I get emails every now and then that are like, I'm so glad I found your information. I'm a young plant-based parent. I'm trying to make my way through this. But, um, you know, some might say my husband's not on board and I just don't know how to get him on board. And, um, you know, whenever that happens, I send people, I actually send people stuff in the mail. <laughs> So if someone sends that's, me a positive so comment, cool. if they reach out to me, oh, see, but now I'm going to get a million emails, right? But it's totally <laughs> fine. I don't care. So uh, whenever someone sends me a note, like a positive note uh, through my Lean Green Dad account or whatever, and they just say like, hey, I found your podcast and I love this or um, I really like what you're doing here, I say thank you and I respond. Uh, and then um, I ask them if it would be okay if they shared their address with me and then I send them a little something in the mail because I have all these great sponsors that send me stuff and, uh, I, I want to send them some, some of that stuff too. So I send them some swag through the mail and, uh, it's fun. They, they, they like it and, uh, makes me happy and I guess shows them I'm a real person. <laughs> well, you, you know, well, you just put this info out there. So you better stock up on stamps, man. 
I know. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Oh, well. Cool. <laughs> so when you actually started building your brand, did you have like a sort of business plan in place? Did you know where you wanted to take it and what kind of content you wanted to create? Or did things just grow more organically for you? I think you learned, you learn as you go. Um, you know, I'm very just go, go, go. I'm that type of person that just does it. Just put the content out. And so I started the website. I, you know, had to choose whether I was going to do WordPress or Blogger. Thank goodness I chose WordPress. Um, I've, I've got that rolling. Uh, the functionality is just so wonderful. Uh, and just the back end of WordPress just worked really well for me. And then as far as a plan goes, I knew I wanted to have a podcast. So I slowly started the podcast after I started the blog. And it, really my wife was my biggest um, constructive criticism source. You know, she would tell me whether the content was good or just plain old stupid. You know, I've got one that's like, my favorite frozen vegan pizzas, you know, it's like, check this out, guys, these pizzas taste good. And you know, like, I, I don't know, it, it's, it's good, I guess, for someone that's starting off to like, okay, which, which pizzas actually taste like pizza, you know, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to like cardboard. But at the same time, you're kind of like, okay, Corey, you're better than this. Like, come on, let's, let's, let's put a little bit more to these posts. So, um, you know, thanks to her feedback, I was able to to come up with a little bit more uh, meaningful content to help people out. And then with everything I put out there, I always ask if it's uh, enlightening uh, or engaging in any way or am I changing people for the better or helping them, you know, uh, and uh, that that's what works. Um, I also know that I wanted to put out a book, but I didn't know when to do it. Um, but now I've, uh, finalized my photography session and everything's done with the book. It's in the design phase right now. And then in early 2017, the book will come out. Uh, it's just called lean green dad and it's, uh, 15 quick and easy plant-based recipes that your kids will love. But the key is you can make them in under 15 minutes, each of them, 15 minutes. Uh, some of them less. I have one you can make in like eight minutes. Uh, it just takes the shopping at the grocery store you know, you have to know which brands to, to trust and which brands actually taste good and, uh, care about the environment. I mean, so much goes into me recommending a brand and, um, you know, sometimes they might compensate me, but oftentimes it's just me saying, Hey, I love this brand. And, uh, funny enough, if I, if I plug the brands long enough, they'll reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, we noticed that you like our brand. We'd like to send you, I don't know, some samples or something like that. Would you do a sponsored post for us or something like that? And really that's how I get the most, uh, revenue with lean green dad is sponsored post. And, uh, that, that works out really well. Yeah. Cause that, that's another thing that I wanted to ask you about monetizing your, your website and, and your brand. So the main income stream are, are your sponsors. So sponsored posts. Yeah. Yeah. For me, for me. And that's very rare for, for most bloggers. I, I don't, I was a sponsorship activation specialist for several, uh, large companies prior to this. So uh -huh. I know how to talk to brands. I know how to engage in a conversation with them and I know how to deliver ROI, you know, that return on investment for them. And if you're not able to paint the picture of how the brand will be helped by working with you, then you're dead in the water. Um, you've, you've got to figure out 
what you have to offer this brand. And a lot of people think that if they don't have enough followers or, um, you know, for whatever reason that the brand won't work with them, but you'll never know unless you reach out. Um, for instance, I have a rather small following for, uh, the, the big world of bloggers, but my audience is also very specific and that very specific audience, um, is, is very, very engaged and they care about what I, what I recommend. They trust what I recommend. And, um, that's the thing that brands really love about working with me is that when I say check out this product, they're actually going to check it out. You know, there's comments, there's likes, there's shares going on. And, uh, that's, that's really what is the most important thing is how engaged is your audience and, um, you know, there's, uh, there's tons of other ways to monetize. Uh, you can be an affiliate, of course. You can do affiliate sales for products. Um, Amazon, you can do Amazon affiliates. And um, you can do ads, you know, I guess Google Google ads and stuff like that. But you don't see a lot of ads on my website. I think there's probably two that I can think of right now. And those are, you know, sponsors that are friends that own a business. And I'm happy to put their stuff on there. But other than that, that's it. Um, my, my revenue comes from brand partnerships and being an ambassador for certain brands and, and blogging, writing content. And, uh, and it's worked really well so far. Yeah. See, you just covered another big question that I wanted to ask. And I think this was really good info right there. Cause I've noticed you've got some big brands on your team as sponsors. I mean, Whole Foods, Vega, Ford Motors. So the way you established those connections and, and got their support was based on, on your previous work experience working working yeah. in that space. Yeah, and, and when you reach out to these companies, I always recommend for bloggers to do something for free first. Like don't reach out to the brand and be like, hey, if you want me to do something for you, pay me a couple hundred bucks and I'll do it. It's like, no, they get that all day. These cocky bloggers that reach out to them, they're like, I'm so good. You got to understand how good I am. It's like, no, 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 no. You're nothing. You got to do something for them for free. And when you do it, make it awesome, right? Make it amazing. Um, for instance, before I talked to Vega, my son, I made my son the little like official Vega spokesperson. And uh, something happened just organically in our house. I kid you not. It was his birthday. And instead of cake, he asked for a Vega bar. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm like, my son wants a Vega bar. Like people are never going to believe this. So I stuck a candle in a Vega protein bar and I lit it and I gave it to him. And he was like the happiest kid on the planet. I took a picture of it. I posted it to my Instagram and Vega went crazy. They're like, oh my God, he's the cutest kid we've ever seen. Uh, you know, and so I had done that before I even started talking to them. So then they said, Hey, listen, you know, we've got a, a blog post for busy parents coming up. We'd like you to write it. And then look at that. I get a chance to be on the Vega website. They have half a million followers and I get a chance to post on the Vega website as a guest blogger. So that happened. And then I then, after having an established relationship said, Hey, why don't we do this, this, and this together? What do you think about that? And they said, yeah, let's do it. And so it's your it's your job as the blogger to come up with the ideas of what you're going to do with the brand. You can't let the brand 
figure out what to do. Because think about it. They've got hundreds and hundreds of people every week emailing them for opportunities. And in addition to that, they're asking them, hey, I'd love to do something together. Uh, when's there a good time for a phone call so we can discuss? And then what? It's the brand's job to come up with the idea to, for how to work with you? No, no. You got to make it as easy as possible. And that's what I try to do with each and every uh, brand that I associate myself with and work with. And those brands that are listed on my site, those are folks that I'm currently an ambassador for or have worked with in the most immediate past. And uh, they're, they're awesome. And that was pure gold right there. The, the way you reach <laughs> out to brands and also about the, the audience size versus audience engagement or you know, quantity versus quality of your audience. I think that's really important for people to remember because I think more often than not, when, when you're a blogger, when you're putting out content, you're just going for those numbers, numbers, numbers. But if you have a smaller audience, but it's super specifically targeted and highly engaged, just like you're showing, just like in your experience, it's going to yep. be more valuable than an audience 10 times the size that's yeah, not sure. that's not really connected with your brand for sure yeah you you can't continue to just think and think and think and not do you've got to put it out there and you've got to do it because you love it and you've got to do it because you're passionate about it and that will resonate through in everything you do and that's that's uh the best way to think about that cool so in terms of your audience size and, and growth, have you encountered any resistance along the way, like any plateaus that you get to and then you just have to push a lot harder than you were to, to keep it growing? I don't think so. You know, the only, the only struggle that I would be able to think of would be if I put something out that was extremely judgmental. Like if I said, like, everyone that eat meat is a, eats meat is a terrible person. You know, if I, if I did something like that, um, that would be ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't want to ever do anything to alienate anyone else. Uh, but at the same time, you want to stay true to who you are, right? Um, no, I, I haven't done anything like that because I've always been, I've got my checker, you know, my, my wife keeps me in check. Um, you know, for instance, when I, when I had to change the name from Iron Dad to Lean Green Dad, I wrote a blog post right after it happened. And the mm -hmm. blog post is all like, woe is me, and how dare they do this to me, and stupid Iron Man, and I ran your triathlons, and stupid, stupid, stupid. But then she read it, and she's like, this is not you. This is not your voice. Uh, I don't know what you're hoping to accomplish with this. Um, so I took some time, and I, I rewrote the whole thing. And you can find the story on the blog. You uh, know, just I, I read it two days ago, yeah. actually. Yeah. And, and you know, when I did that, and I sent I sent that blog post to every one of my sponsors so they could understand why I was rebranding. And it worked out so much better. In fact, most of them, I'd say 95% of them were like, I like the new name better. <laughs> because it's more inclusive. I mean, when you hear it the is. words Iron Dad, right? Um, you think of like a, a dude that works out a lot. Or you think of it's it's fitness, or you might think of Iron Man, but the general public isn't going to think of Iron Man. But um, Lean Green Dad, I mean that there's so much you can do there. I mean, lean can can mean, of course, you know, uh, a fit, you know, slimmer person, but it can also mean 
leaning into being green, you know, so take it a step at a time. And we liked that. We liked that, that double meaning green has so many connotations. I mean, it can be, um, green for the planet, the green foods that we eat. Uh, it's, it's just a a very positive word, a very great feeling. And I mean, dad is what I am. You know, that is, that's, uh, that's the second description in my bio. I'm a husband first, a father second, and a plant-based athlete third. So, uh, those titles are very important to me. And, uh, I always, I always try to remember that, uh, as far as my titles go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, that's, the whole rebranding thing is is really impressive, at least from from what I've read of it, because you started off as the Iron Dad, the real Iron Dad. Yep. Right. Uh, can we go a little deeper into that story? I mean, are you fine talking yeah. about it? Because I, yeah, oh, of I, course, I, I kind of know the background, and I, yeah, I can understand what was happening. But uh, you want to just put it out there and and share it? What was what oh, yeah. happened? Yeah, I'm an open book, so. Um, I received a cease and desist letter. Okay. Well, I should back it up. Okay. So I was on a couple radio programs as real iron dad and they were, I mean, they're nationally syndicated to the, to the sense that you can listen to them on, you know, an app or something like that. But it was, it was called like follow me Friday and bloggers get a chance to call into this radio station and you see your numbers just explode because listeners get to hear you and I ended up being the guy that they wanted to promote. So I was Iron Dad. I called. I was totally ready. I'm like, hey, I'm a husband and a father, you know, and I do triathlons. And I did the Iron Man triathlon. And my daughter gave me this funny nickname of Iron Dad. So I call myself Real Iron Dad. Well, whether it was a coincidence or whatever, I received a cease and desist letter from the Iron Man Corporation uh, just like a couple weeks after that interview. And I had already submitted my trademark um, application to the USPTO, the US Patent and Trademark Office. But it was denied, um, but only because I didn't have all of the information that they needed. I think that I submitted a logo, and you're not allowed to submit a logo uh, for what I, the class that I submitted for, I submitted for just the word. And um, so during all that, something happened. Iron Man actually submitted for the word Iron Dad. Uh, after after I submitted, and um, so with that in mind, I had the rights to the word Iron Dad, and I totally could have fought it, and I totally could have won. Um, but it would have cost me about fifteen thousand dollars in just letters back and forth. And you're talking about fighting with the Iron Man Corporation here, the World Triathlon Corporation. Like, no way. Like, why would I, why would I do that? And they know this, they know this when they send a cease and desist letter to a little blogger, they know they're not going to try to fight you. Right. But I had a very, I had two very powerful lawyers in New York telling me that I could win this and they wanted to go to bat for me. But again, there's that cost associated with it. Right. And I wasn't even making any revenue at the time. I don't think. So I decided to. I could have done one one of two things. I could blast them, you know, whatever, um, which is totally not my style. Or I could rebrand, pivot, and just come out better than ever. And obviously, that's what I did. That's what happened. And here I am, Lean Green Dad. It, it was a perfect transition. And um, 
it was that it's that David versus Goliath type of thing, you know, like I wasn't big enough to fight them with the lawyer fees. And honestly, Lean Green Dad is a better name. So it worked out all around for everybody. It's I do think it's funny, though, that when they called me and I spoke to them from the season desist letter, they offered me two free tickets to the Ironman triathlon. <laughs> they told me I had to the season desist, by the way, said I was to stop using the term Iron Dad because they owned the term Iron Dad, which they did not. They did not, yeah. And they also said that I needed to shut down my website in 15 days or that they would take legal action against me. And uh, so, again, you know, you guys know what I did. I changed it up and it totally worked out for the best. But um, it's it. You have to decide what type of person you want to be and how you want to handle these types of situations. And I'm really proud and happy of how it worked out. My daughter drew a little book that was the story of uh, of Lean Green Dad, and you can see it in the post. Uh, yep. she, it, she was she was the most upset by all of it. You know, she felt personally offended and everything. Um, but it was great. And you know, my kids got to see their dad handle the situation in a positive way. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all, it was a great learning lesson. I'm happy it happened. And uh, here we are. Now, I will tell you, Jerry, your, your listeners can't see this, but um, I have Iron Dad tattooed on my shoulder. That is my. Oh, yep. Indeed. That you is have. my. It's huge. And that's my badge of honor from doing the Ironman triathlons. You know, most Ironman triathletes, they get that Ironman logo. Now, the logo I showed you, again, for the listeners who can't hear, it's an M dot. You know, the M dot is the famous Iron Man symbol, but um, that M dot was not my logo for real Iron Dad, um, and I did that on purpose. This this tattoo came way before real Iron Dad was an actual thing. <laughs> Most people were <laughs> like, dude, you got your blog as a tattoo? Seriously? I'm like, no, no, no. That's commitment. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it worked. That's not the order. But uh, yeah, I'm happy it happened. Here we are. Love it. And, well, you know, at least they sent you the tickets. That that was very nice of them. <laughs> no, I didn't take them. No, Come on, I, 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 didn't, <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to take them the, the way you were describing them. I'm just saying it. it's nice of them to threaten you, but send you the tickets as well. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been nice for them to pay me, pay me to, to relinquish my URL, which I didn't do. If you go to realirondad.com uh, right now, it'll still, still direct it's you still, to. Yeah, redirecting. I'll, yeah. Unless yeah. they want to pay me $10,000 for it. <laughs> but how much effort all in all did it take to to do that uh, that change because you actually rebranded re everything in a really short amount of time it was ridiculous it was a week but wow. i have an incredible team of friends that i reached out to that helped me um i had to redirect everything with very specific 301 redirects and i had to uh, you know, get the new logo and the new branding and the new tagline, every, everything up in, in that week. And I had a friend that specializes in websites. I had a friend that specializes in graphic design. I had my sister shoot new photography and, uh, just everything, everything fell into line. Everybody knew my story. They all were sympathetic to it and they were like, let's do this. And so that's how I did it because of my amazing friends, my amazing team of people um, you know, they know who they are, Matt, Jordan, Kelly, they all know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the team that you had helping there, you, you mentioned that in the post and by the way, that post, it's going to be in the show notes so people can just click on it directly and, and read cool. that story. 
But I have to say, um, what, what was the size of your blog? What was the size of your website at the time that, that you were rebranding? How many posts oh, did you have on there? That's a great question. I don't know. Um, I want to say it was about 50, maybe about 60% of what it is now, maybe. And I don't know exact numbers, but um, probably 60% uh, versus now. Um, I, I really don't know the exact numbers. I'm sorry about that. I but I know that podcast downloads i mean they've increased substantially and um you know my unique page views and stuff like that have definitely increased um i have about on average about 15,000 page views uh per month 5,000 of those are unique so that's that's always important to share with brands as well um and it's on the smaller side but it's it's nothing to scoff at i mean it's it's pretty good numbers and i'm proud of them and i never apologize for my numbers i think uh i'm so proud of of all of uh, all of the content that we put out and, and definitely those show numbers make me happy. Yeah. And quality versus quantity again. And for sure, I, I have to say the podcasts and your blog and social media, you are putting out some quantity there as well. And, and it's good content. So how, how do you manage it all? Do, do you have a permanent team that's, that's helping you run everything? <laughs> no, no, it's all me. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. No, I don't. I don't have a team. Um, uh, when it comes to graphic design and major things, uh, yes, they. I have people that I go to that I pay to do graphic design, um, like laying out my book. That's a huge project. Um, my sister's a professional photographer, so she takes some of the photography, and then I have a graphic designer that lays it all out for me. So big projects, yeah. But on the day to day basis. Uh, I spend like three, four hours a day on my blog. Uh, it's mostly at night and it's after I do my, uh, my regular job. Uh, it, but they're all kind of interlaced together. Um, but, uh, you know, it's cool because the blog is my life. I mean, I have to make three, four meals a day sometimes. And so Sometimes I'll just bust out my camera or I'll ask my little eight-year-old daughter to film me and <laughs> you've got a video right there, you know? Uh, just today I did a video. I was just making frozen, a frozen Engine 2 rice medley. And before I videoed it, I'm like, oh, come on. Am I seriously going to be like, hey, guys, it's Corey from Lean Green Dad and this is a frozen bag of rice. Check it out. Watch me make it, you know? But I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's going to be a 45-second video. It's going to be super quick and it's an alternative to microwaving garbage in the, uh, in the microwave. You can make it in seven minutes in the skillet. You can make it in three minutes in the microwave when you're at work or you're at home and people need to know about this. And so I put it out there and, uh, it, it's doing well, you know, and, and so I try to do a video every now and then I love Instagram stories. Um, I do that a lot and, uh, I just try to try to snap my life as I go through it. You know, my one-year-old baby was drinking a strawberry smoothie the other day, and I was like, yes, I got to take a picture of this. So I totally took a picture of it, put it on. You know, Vega loved it. It was a Vega smoothie, so he loved it. Um, but, you know, it's stuff like that. It's just snapping snapping my life. And, uh, you know, it's weird. You've got your your present eye where you're enjoying life and you're enjoying what's in front of you. But then you've also got your social media lens uh -huh. where you're like, this would be an awesome status update, you know? Yep. Uh, and sometimes you have to put one away. Like there's time I have an Apple watch, right? Sometimes. And, uh, 
sometimes I just take it off and leave it in my office because the notifications drive me crazy. And when I'm with the kids, I don't want to be looking at my phone all the time. I don't want to be doing status updates all the time. So I try to take it easy uh, on this on the status updates when I can. I love that concept of, you know, private eye and then just keeping the other eye open for, for the opportunity to just do a little short update to, to let yeah. people know what's happening in your life. That, yeah, as long as you communicate really cool. that with your wife, who's your partner, who who is also taking care of the kids. Like, yep. hey, babe, I'm going to go upload a video real quick. She'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get permission. Cool. Now... Another thing that I wanted to ask you, and it also kind of has to do with resistance and obstacles, is about um, the subject of raising kids as a vegan. Because, you know, my impression is that the United States is more advanced in this aspect and more accepting than some of the countries that I know or I've lived it, I've lived in. But, you know, vegan parents, sometimes they won't even mention their diet to doctors just to avoid judgment or, or sermons. Have you ever run into any of that? Um, no, no. Uh, all of our blood tests, all of our doctor visits, uh, they're, they're wonderful. I mean, there's never been any issue with our diet. We've always communicated to our doctor that we have a vegan diet. Um, you know, iron levels are great. B12 levels are great. Vitamin D levels are great. You know, we get our annual physical, everything comes out wonderful. And, um, you know, it's, it's getting to the point where most doctors are like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Vegan diet is wonderful. I mean, that's great. As long as you know what you're doing, that's good because the research is getting out there. You know, this is, you've got, you've got brands like Vega and brands like Silk and So Delicious that are being purchased by the third largest dairy company in the world yep. now. I mean, this is huge. This is huge. And you know, most hardcore vegans would be like, what? that's ridiculous. You know, now we can't buy that brand anymore. And I'm kind of like, is it ridiculous? Isn't this what we want? This is becoming mainstream. I mean, they're not just going to kill these brands. The consumers are choosing every day that they buy. And, you know, most people are like, oh, well, you don't know. They don't even know that it's vegan. They're just buying it. And I'm like, that's great. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it's becoming the mainstream and that's – I love seeing you know brands like Vega on Target shelves here in the US and stuff. Go for it. Um, so no, we've never had any pushback from our doctors. The only pushback we have is um, we, we get the – we always get the um, where do you guys get your protein mm -hmm. or people feel sad for our kids that they're not allowed to have like a, a big piece of vanilla birthday cake or like ice cream. But we always have a substitute. Um, that is the thing that they're eating. So we'll just slip it in. It's like a vegan cake that you just get from Whole Foods or we get them a, uh, you know, a vegan cupcake or whatever. Uh, you know, it, it, they don't really want the cake because of the cows. They just want it because of the sugar, you know, <laughs> it's tons of sugar. You dump a big ball of sugar in something that any kid would like it. So yeah, th those are few and far between those opportunities when we eat, you know, treats like that. But we want them to feel normal, we want them to feel like normal kids. But at the same time, I'm not going to sacrifice my kid's health and give them type 2 diabetes just so they can have the birthday cake that your kid's having. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, So absolutely. And from the sound of it, your your kids are totally on board with that. They are. So, it's, a, it's a mixture of education and marketing, right? You have to tell them <laughs> why you're doing this as a family. That's and a then you also great have definition of parenting there. <laughs> 
education and marketing. Well, as it relates to the vegan diet, of course, because, you know, uh, my daughter, I mean, she waves her vegan flag all over the place. She brings salads to school and kids are like, ew, disgusting. And she's like, actually, it's quite delicious. You should try it sometime. And they're like, huh, yeah, it is. That does look pretty good. So it's all about perception. And uh, yeah, you don't mess with my daughter. Now, she's been vegan since she was two. My son's been vegan since birth. And then I've got my little baby who's been vegan since birth, too. My son, you hand him any food, he's any food, he's going to ask you, is this vegan? (laughs) Anyone, even at school. My daughter checks ingredients. I mean, eight years old, she's checking ingredients on the back of whatever she's handed at school. She's like, ah, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't eat. I don't eat this. It's got dairy in it. I had a teacher today. She was like, oh, Isabel, uh, we're having an ice cream party today. I, I know you can't eat the chocolate, but would you like the vanilla? She's like, excuse me, but both of them have milk. I can't eat either of them. I mean, they're both dairy. And the teacher's like, oh, okay. You know, I'm like, come on. <laughs> so she knows, man. You got to fuel them with the education. Um, and then as far as marketing, I mean like marketing to your kids. So we always talk about like what a specific food will do for them. So if I say that, uh, I don't know, there's like four broccolis on that page, your muscles are going to be four times stronger if you eat that broccoli and, you know, carrots and vision, right? Everybody always links carrots to greater eyesight and be like, dude, you have x-ray vision if you eat enough carrots. I'm telling you, I don't know how much, but if you eat enough, you will have x-ray vision. You know, I'm like, oh man, daddy, I got to do this. You know? cool. um, yeah. And, and they see it too. They're like, whoa, check, check out my muscle, daddy. Look at that. Way to go, buddy. That's broccoli right there. Way to go. <laughs> awesome. See, and this is why I think it's so important the the things that you're doing and the information that you're putting out, because I'm actually, I'm kind of amazed that all your doctors are super cool about it because where I live, where we used to live, like my sister had a baby two years ago, like my niece is one and a half now. And when she was pregnant, she was both from her OBGYN and uh, the midwives that were attending her were trying to scare her into into eating meat and, and dairy. Ah, bummer. Uh, That's like, sad. No, That's but- sad. Now, after the baby's born, you know, there's you really got to work closely with your doctor um, for the baby's nutrition because it's just scary. You know, um, I don't know of any vegan formulas out there. I mean, I know some some dairy formula or uh, non-dairy formulas, but they've just got garbage in them. And obviously, if you can breastfeed, that's wonderful. Um, my wife tried it for a while and it didn't work. And um, so we tried something else. And there's a there's a formula out there that we use that I think was within our values that worked with what we could do. Um, I can't remember what it was, but, um, yeah, you, you gotta be real careful and working with your physician on that. But as far as uh, being vegan during a pregnancy, I mean, my wife rocked that. I mean, she was the healthiest pregnant lady ever. Uh, she had a VBAC birth. So, I mean, she was, she had a cesarean for our first baby. We adopted our second son, Roger. And then, uh, you know, our third, uh, my wife had a, a VBAC delivery. So it, don't tell me that, you know, doctors, it's, it's all good, man. You just got to find the right doctor for you. They'll yeah. listen to you. You know, the, um, Dr. McDougall is a really good source of info for that. We, we had an yeah. interview with him a couple of years ago. I think it was a year and a year or two ago for another yep. blog that we were doing. And we really went deep into that topic of just pregnancy and babies and nursing on, on the vegan diet. Yeah, because you know he's got kids, he's got grandkids, and they're pretty much they're all vegan. So if if anyone's wondering about that, just 
his page or just simply reach out to to his institute because yeah. he, he can really he has a lot of good information to share and yeah. also speaking of formulas i think there's a company called bionescent i don't know if they're out on the market yet but i know that they're developing something like an infant formula that will be plant-based but bioengineered just to mimic human breast milk as closely as possible it's amazing yeah it's probably fortified with calcium and other things fat extra fat that's great yeah cool so you know once again this whole raising vegan kids is this something that you set up from the start from for your blog or did you simply grow into it no it's always been the mission from the beginning you know having these vegan kids and being able to broadcast it and help other parents who might want to go 100% plant-based or might want to just kind of lean into it like we talked about before. Um, it's it's all about the different levels and hopefully people at any level, uh, even slightly interested in a plant-based diet, would feel welcome to check out the blog. Um, that, that would be success in my mind. Cool. So what are your plans for the future, Corey? Like what have you got in the works now besides the, the book that's coming out next year and where do you want to take Lean Green Dad? Yeah, that's it for now. We've got the book rolling. Um, the book is going to be big. There's going to be a huge PR campaign behind the book. Um, I'm getting it published um, by an actual publisher. Um, I've had several of my friends who have already had very successful books give me the names of their publishers, so I'll shop it around to them, see who bites, and then uh, hope to do more speaking, You know, more public speaking uh, at uh, vegan-friendly events, um, very close to the people over at Engine 2 and Forks Over Knives. They're great friends, and so maybe I'll be on some of those circuits. You never know. Um, but, uh, yeah, just just keeping on producing good content and being a busy dad and, and staying focused on uh, being positive, and, and that's that's the goal for the future. And, and I think uh, wherever that takes me, that, that'll be great. Um, no matter what, I don't want to do a ton of traveling because I've got my family. I need to be here. I'm still an actual dad, you know, so I can't be yeah. like Mr. Plant-Based Celebrity that flies around everywhere. But every now and then, it could be fun. So you never know. Cool. You also mentioned that you have this three-part grocery shopping guide that you've just put out. Right? Yeah. We do. We do. If you go to any of my pages on my site for the first time, you'll see a pop-up that comes up that mm-hmm. invites you to enter your email and I'll send you the uh, free three-part grocery shopping series. I call it the ultimate guide to grocery shopping. Um, it's three very short videos that uh, have me walking through my local Whole Foods market, uh, just kind of explaining what I get. And then in addition to that, it has uh, three little downloads that it comes with that um you can take with you to the store and kind of use as a guideline and um, also some brands that I recommend, some of my favorite brands in the frozen section and um, which fresh fruits to buy and stuff like that. So yeah, thank you. Thanks for mentioning that. Jerry. You're the best. <laughs> cool. No, I, I had to mention it because it seems like a really good idea. And Thanks, man. well, you know, that question about the future, that means we're kind of nearing the end of the interview. But before we finish... I'd still like to go back to you setting up this business and your growth and just I'd like to find out who was your inspiration and who helped you out along the way, either by setting an example or by actively being a mentor to you. Yeah, my inspiration for this blog, holy cow, I guess if I had to pick one person, it would be Rip Esselstyn. I mean, Rip is just, if you look at Rip's stuff, 
actually, you know, Rip isn't, you know who I'm talking about, right? Rip, yeah, Rip yeah of course. So Rip isn't on social media per se. He doesn't have a Twitter account or anything like that. Um, you really have to see him speak and the way that he is. He is, first of all, he's a young, he has, he's a father of young kids and his kids are the same age as my kids, believe it or not. And, um, you know, his father is the world renowned Caldwell Esselstyn, you know, world renowned Cleveland Clinic heart surgeon. And, um, he's just, everything he does is positive, inclusive, and welcoming. And, uh, the only difference between Rip and I is that, uh, you know, Rip's engine two products, they don't include any type of oil, uh, in any way, shape or form. And, I agree that that is the absolute best way to eat, the best way to eat. But if I'm trying to transition someone over from McDonald's to 100% whole food plant-based, it's a it's a big transition. So I want to be kind of that bridge that welcomes them in to the plant-based diet and then brings them eventually to that Engine 2 diet. And you know, I promote the Engine 2 products like crazy. I love them. Um, but, uh, if someone isn't able to flip the switch overnight, like we were, you know, like your wife was that I want to help them with that transition with a couple of brands that are wonderful, but still might include, you know, a little bit of oil, um, and, and stuff like that. But it's that, that's the, the main difference, but man, uh, that guy was definitely my inspiration. And now look, here he's a friend, you know, so how wonderful is that? That's cool. And now, what advice would you give someone who's just starting out in plant-based entrepreneurship and specifically in building their own lifestyle personality brand like you've done? Yeah, uh, three things. One, be yourself um, and yourself <laughs> to find out who you are. You need to ask the people that are closest to you to listen to your stuff, to look at your stuff and ask them if it's you or not. Um, you also need to do something for free. Like we mentioned before, you need to just, if you want to reach out to a brand, just don't be worried about making money. Just do it for free. Just figure it out. And then eventually the money will come. Uh, some people would disagree with that. I'm not saying you do stuff for free and then ask for money. That that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying before you even make contact with a brand, it's always nice to have something to refer to. Um, Hey, I'd love to work with you in the past. I did this, blah, 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 that kind of thing. So, um, third, just do it that like the Nike brand, right? Just do it. Just put something out there. Stop thinking about it so much and just produce content, write something. Even if you think it's stupid, just write something. You know, there's some weeks where I've got the juices flowing and I write five blog posts in one week, original blog posts, um, in addition to a podcast, you know, and like four videos. I mean, whatever, you know, and then there's some weeks that it's just not flowing and I'll do maybe three videos and two pieces of content, you know, whatever, but just do it. Just put something out there. Yeah. Just do it. And <laughs> going from those words of wisdom, have you got any for parents that are considering a cleaner, greener lifestyle? Um, join a community of support. Uh, get, get friends that will support you and rally around you rather than people that will question your every move. Uh, the hardest, the hardest thing about a transition is your immediate family, your mom, your dad, the grandmas, grandpas in your mm -hmm. life. They do not get it. 
And that's, that's where I think I'm really affecting change for the future. The kids are so open to learning and understanding. Adults are set in their ways, man. You're not going to go tell a grandma that she can't eat meat anymore unless she had a stroke and the doctor's like, you need to stop eating meat, right? Um, adults, if they don't have anything wrong, they're, they're not going to train, change. Baby boomers, I mean, forget it. They're not going to adjust their lifestyle unless it's a life or death type of situation. Uh, you know, and that's not and everybody. You know, that's a blanket yeah. statement. But for the most part, in my experience, that's what I found. But kids, I guarantee you, if you explain to a kid what is made out of a chicken nugget, like what goes into making a chicken nugget, they will never eat a chicken nugget again. When you explain to them that baby chicks are thrown into grinders, beaks and all, like just minutes after they're born and all of their body parts are like blended into a blob that's then deep fried, that's the chicken nugget you're eating. There's no way that a kid is going to continue eating that just because it tastes good. They're going to think it's repulsive. So um, <laughs> that's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome, Corey. Now, where can people find you and all the amazing content that you're putting out? Uh, thank you so much. Uh, okay, so you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, the hashtag or the um, tag is all at Lean Green Dad. So facebook.com slash Lean Green Dad, uh, you know, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, YouTube, just search Lean Green Dad, you'll find me. And uh, that's where we are. And leangreendad.com, obviously, your your main of website. Cool. Yep. So this was Corey, the Lean Green Dad. And thank you very much for joining me today. I really enjoyed talking to you, man. You got it. Anytime. And uh, as soon as it goes live, I'll be happy to share it all around. Okay. Cool, Corey. Have an awesome day. Bye-bye. You too, man. Okay. That concludes episode 12 of the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you got a lot of useful info from this interview. For me, I know that the part about sponsorships was definitely pure gold and I think in terms of parenting, Corey is a pretty amazing example to follow. So if you want to connect with him, the links to his podcast and his social media channels are all in the show notes at theplanbasedentrepreneur.com slash show slash episode 012. If you want to connect with me, the best way, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, is to flick me an email on jerry at theplanbasedentrepreneur.com or follow us on Twitter at bbentrepreneur. We're actually closing on 10,000 followers there, which I have to admit is pretty mind-blowing. So I just wanted to give a big thank you to everyone who's following and supporting us. I'll talk to you again next week. And until then, stay amazing and keep working towards a plan-based future for everyone.